Next on MLR Weekly, 15s and 7s with Old Glory DC co-owner Chris Dunlavies, David Barry, co-owner of the New England Free Jacks and full owner of the Rugby Town 7s champions, the Ramblin' Jesters, plus LA 7s stuff with Steve the Lizard Lewis. Rugby wrap-up brought to you in part by Sheehy Auto Stores. It's easy at Sheehy. The Pig and Whistle, the world's best rugby pub, and Lean and limber, stretching your way to a healthier lifestyle. Hello again and welcome to this week's MLR Weekly as presented by Rugby Wrap-Up. I'm Matt McCarthy in New York City and we have a really, really good show for you this week. We have part owner of the New England Free Jacks and full owner of Rugby Town 7's winners, the Ramblin' Jesters and Mr. David Barry. We also have Mr. Chris Dunlavey, co-owner of Old Glory DC. Chris, welcome to the show. Matt, great to see you, brother. Thanks for having me on as always. Chris, let's just get the Sheehy Auto Stores pop quiz out of the way, right out of the gate. The question this week is, why is your co-owner, partner, Paul Sheehy, not coming on the show? Here are your multiple choice answers. He's selling and servicing so many cars, he doesn't need, he doesn't have time to be on the show. B, busy working the 2023 season. C, he was afraid to come on and be bullied by me. D, he is on vacation in an undisclosed location, uh, enjoying time with his family, and E, all of the above. <laughs> yeah, I got to tell you, I, I, every one of those sounded like they hit the nail on the head. So I, I give you an E, e all of the above, um, particularly the uh, hiding out on vacation with his family right now, but, uh, but, but working hard for the 23 season. The guy doesn't let up, I'll tell you. He's very committed to making sure we... Uh, start and end that season the way you want it to. All right, so you indeed do win this week's Sheehy Auto Stores Pop Quiz. I'll call him up and maybe get you a deal on a car. All right, and just finishing the shameless plug, I am a customer and very happy with my Volkswagen Taos. All right, let's get to the questions now. You guys have a relationship with the Scottish Rugby Union. What's that like compared to uh, previous years? Is it more are they more involved? Are they going to be less involved? What's the story? Scottish Rugby uh, joined as a full partner uh, in Old Glory back in uh, 2000, early 2020, um, and has been a, a uh, you know a board member alongside Paul Sheehy and me, uh, represented by Mark Dodson, their their chief executive, ever since. And they've always been key to our decision making and have been helping to steer the organization. Uh, right alongside us. But I'd say within the last year, they've really engaged much more heavily in support on the, the rugby uh, side of the house. Um, their high performance director, Jim Mallander, has um, gotten very involved in spending time here uh, and evaluating uh, our operation, our, our coaching, our players. Uh, and in fact, even brought in other resources from contacts they have from around the world to do uh, similar specialized evaluations and input. So all the work we're doing now for the 2023 season and really over the next five years, which we're planning for, uh, is informed by uh, all, all the work we're doing on our, our player roster, our coaching staff development, and our, our long-term management strategies, all very much informed by, by these resources Scottish Rugby is bringing to bear. It's been a fantastic partnership with them. Okay, and you're here to reveal your new head coach. 
coming soon. Coming <laughs> soon to a theater near you, Matt. So close, um, so close. <laughs> Thought I'd slip it in there and you'd come out with it. And it was a good try. Dunlavey, you're sharp. <laughs> it's a good try. What about academy programs, youth programs? Doing very well. In fact, I think we're at the uh, the cutting edge of progress in the MLR. Uh, this past year, uh, our, our uh, academy and grassroots program, which is run by Tim Brown, um, and which we nickname Young Glory uh, collectively, uh, we fielded two uh, U23 sides, both the men's and the women's, uh, U- U19 sides, both uh, boys and girls. Uh, each of those played, I want to say, four games over the course of this last season um, and uh, uh, are already into uh, some some academy game seasons for, for this year and, and uh, extended some great connectivity we've always had uh, with the, the grassroots programs uh, at the youth and high school levels in our, our area. I think I say we've always had. Reality is uh, Paul Sheehy and Sheehy Auto Stores um, have been big supporters of rugby in our region for a long time. And I think that kind of uh, cut the path for old glory or young glory to, to, to pick up the ball and um, uh, expand the support with, with everything from uh, coaching clinics and advice to, to teach the coaches in our region how to teach the game to, in some cases, providing specific resources to support clubs to uh, to grow and and build their membership and and build their uh, their breadth of participation. So it's it's been a it's really exciting to see that launched. Uh, we partnered with the Free Jacks and MLR to conduct a uh, a summer camp at at Custown uh, University over this summer that had a terrific turnout and uh, uh, some great coaching um, brought over from from uh, the Leinster system in Ireland, for, for example, to help. Uh, teach uh, young Americans the, the game from the place that plays it best. And uh, it's been a really exciting thing to see all the things Tim and, and uh, our team are, are doing with the, the grassroots and academy programs. Getting us back to the MLR draft 2022. Tell us about your philosophy on the draft, who you got, and going forward, what your expectations are of those players. I'll tell you, it, it, I almost sound... I realize I may look kind of silly saying this, but I was almost surprised at how well uh, the draft turned out for us. Uh, we had a very clear uh, prioritization of players we wanted to pick up. Um, we did have a little bit of focus on on our areas of need um, and not just the best players available, um, but we got pretty close to both with what we ended up with. Our uh, uh, thanks to a couple of smart trades, we, we had five picks in the draft over the three rounds. Uh, uh, with the first one, got exactly the guy we wanted to walk out of there with, uh, Calixto Martinez, um, who's a, a, a prop who's, who's awfully close to ready to start in the MLR if he's not ready to play already. He's a tank. Um, I mean, he's just a specimen. Yeah, yeah, he is. Great movement on the field, great defense, and, and an absolute bull uh, in, in the scrums. I think the thing about the, the college draft for MLR is, at least to, to my way of thinking, uh, we're still in the process of pr- shifting to a reality where American colleges will be the major pipeline of talent into the MLR. We're still uh, much more dependent on international players than 
the sports that use the draft more heavily, like the NFL and the NBA. Um, so, so we're actually we're typically not looking for guys in the draft that we project as starters this year. You know, this guy's got to be an impact player now, or we failed. It's much more about do we have guys who are developable into top level MLR players over the next two, three, four years. And, and um, you know, I, I feel like we got uh, very lucky with some of the guys that were available at the places where we picked. Uh, and we feel like everybody we've drafted has that kind of basic capabilities to be a, a, a top rank MLR player. The Bulis, who just came out of nowhere basically and, and had an impact getting thrown into the yeah. fire at 15 and 10. Yeah. You know, and we're, you know, now he's got that under his belt, that confidence. I know he's just coming back from injury. I caught up with him at the Can-Ams, but he's close to getting back to 100%. But he's also got that confidence now coming in that he can play in this league. And yeah, he's, he's proved it to himself and to everybody else. And he's got the capability to deliver, um, you know, getting getting called up to the Eagles and, and getting a shot at the All Blacks didn't hurt uh, his confidence, I think. You know, even as, as tough as that game was for the Eagles against the All Blacks, guys like him and Jack Ascaro are, are loose yep. head coming up also. A lot of people um, have their and, eyes on him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, uh, he's going to be a terrific player for a number of years. Uh, Corey Daniel, who ended up leading the league in tackles this year, you know, a converted wrestler. Yeah. He, he was not a rugby player before yeah. he, he came out to a, an old glory Crazy. game at one of the, those exhibition games I mentioned. Um, and is now, you know, obviously a very capable guy in the league. So I'm glad you mentioned that, Matt, that actually, you know, this is part of a program we plan to continue to grow over time of taking our younger, promising American players and giving them a, a preseason over in Scotland with the Glasgow Warriors. This is another one of the benefits of our, our partnership with, with Scotland. Um, and to hear these guys talk about their experience over there, Jack Ascaro says it was, it's the best developmental thing he's done uh, in, in rugby so far. Absolutely. Um, the, uh, uh, the guys that have been over there this summer have just been marveling over the, uh, the way the trainings are handled, the, the, the fitness level that guys come in with, the professionalism guys come up with. So they're really learning how to be professionals at, at the highest level by going through this experience. And it's our intent to continue growing that program and, and growing young Americans into the top quality rugby players in the world. All right, Chris, uh, I appreciate your time, but I got a final question for you. Uh, just give us the all, all the skinny on what's happening with LA and Austin. Just please, once and for all, I've been asking the owners, I'm asking you as an owner, please, just, just give me some, throw me a bone. Matt, I would just say everything is guiltastic out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. okay that works that works I, I will offer you this I I I, uh, I try to avoid uh, uh, reading up too much social media and reddit and those kinds of things but I have seen enough chatter out there to know I, I can appreciate the level of curiosity that that our fans have the league's fans have and and um, uh, how, how much they are curious to know um, what the uh, uh, what, what's all the details of what's been going on with, with those two teams. Uh, and, and I can say, although, um, you know, it's I hope it's obvious why nobody from the league uh, is able to comment a lot on the situation that's going on. I will say um, that the fans should maintain faith that there are good reasons for, for uh, the things that have happened. And I, I remain very confident that 
uh, everything is going to get sorted to everybody's satisfaction um, and and uh, the situation uh, as it has evolved it will, will be resolved favorably for everybody concerned. 11, 12, or 13 teams in 2023 if you're a gambling man. Yeah, I'm going to stop there. No comment. Oh, come on. <laughs> All right. Leave, it's always better to leave them wanting more, right? There you Chris? go. All right, Mr. Chris Dunlavey, best of luck. Hope to see you soon. Thanks. Take care. Ladies and gentlemen, we have to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with David Barry of the New England Free Jacks and Ramblin' Jesters. Selling or trading in your vehicle? Sheehy makes it easy. With Easy Trade, start online or visit us in-store. We want your vehicle, and we'll give you up to 125% of KBB value. It's easy at Sheehy. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig & Whistle, on West 36th Street. And we are back with Mr. David Barry. David is the owner of the Ramblin' Jesters, who just won Rugby Town 7s, but... Because this is MLR Weekly, we wouldn't have him on the show for that reason alone. He's also one of the owners of the New England Free Jacks. David, welcome to MLR Weekly. Great to be here, Matt. Thanks for inviting me. And David, I understand that you're on a little bit of a road trip. You're on your way from uh, Rugby Town 7s to L.A., and this finds you in Las Vegas. Yes, uh, myself and my third son, Shane, decided we'd wind our way slowly back to Vegas through um, or to, uh, to L.A., including Vegas and Moab and uh, and the Grand Canyon along the route. Are you going to lose your ownerships in these teams in Vegas? Is that what's happening here? <laughs> well, we'll see. I'm actually going to back my son's poker ability, which is pretty impressive. So we're going to see how that goes. Fair enough. And, and uh, we're talking about Shane Barry. Ladies and gentlemen, you might recognize that name as a draft pick of the Seattle Seawolves, David. Your son has been drafted to play in professional rugby yeah i was with him on uh, on thursday night when the news broke and uh, he's absolutely super excited about the opportunity to to get to seattle and uh, hopefully be on the end of a, a jp smith pass or two jp smith of course i like the way you're you're reincorporating our guest jp smith what are you going to do when you're when the free jacks are playing the seawolves and your son's on the pitch you, you've asked me this question before about Kian, and it's the same answer, which is, I will be Switzerland. I can't, I, I doubt that. I, this, is, <laughs> this is a whole different animal. Well, yeah, no, it's um, obviously my, uh, my, my commitment is to the Free Jacks, but of course, you're uh, at times when you have one of your uh, children playing, uh, if he, I mean, God, if he was lucky enough to be selected in the MLR game, that has to happen first. But I'd like um, the Free Jacks to win by a point with Shane scoring, you know, a couple of tries, two drop goals um, and, uh, and a few conversions. But the Free Jacks take on the, the match points. All right, I like that. I like that. It's uh, still winning. Your team is winning and your son is succeeding. Good. I like yeah. that. It's a good answer. And I don't mind. They can have the bonus. They can have the bonus point as well. Maybe he gets four tries because uh, they're in the other conference. So it's not too, um, it's not too, you know, difficult to wish them well beyond uh, not wanting them to win the game. A head to head match. I understand. I understand. It's a good problem to have. I, I indeed. Congratulations, indeed. sir. Well done. Also, congratulations are due because your team, the Ramblin' Jesters, 
won the championship in Rugby Town Sevens. We did, we did. A very excited, great weekend. Um, head is a little bit sore this morning, as with some of the players. Um, and of course, we had quite a, I think we had seven MLR players in our 13-man squad. We had a fantastic weekend. I had a cadre of four free jacks um, who did awesome. And then I had also Bailey Wilson from, um, from Utah. And then, of course, Kean, my son, and uh, Eric Naposky from... Uh, the free uh, from the jackals. That's a good. That's a very good squad. So yeah, I was kind of off the grid. Didn't get get to to uh, watch much. But who's your who is the one team that scared you the most? Oh, undoubtedly the USA under twenty threes. And as I said um, at the end of the tournament, you wouldn't necessarily have the USA under twenty threes down there as the biggest threat you'll face or the biggest worry, because the quality of that competition is so substantial. But they were, um, I'll say with, with the exception of us, um, the best team in the tournament um, and, and could easily have beaten us in that final, you know, uh, a call or a bounce of a ball and things go different. They were exceptional. What um, what Colton Carriaga and Ben Pinkelman have done with that team is super impressive. and. I think USA Sevens Rugby is in a great place because if those are the people that are in the pipeline, those kids, it's looking good for the future. You're a part of the Golden Eagles, a group that helps support USA Rugby, uh, kind of behind the scenes in a lot of ways. What is your thought process on USA Rugby World Cup Sevens and Fifteens right now? Obviously, we're... and. Myself and others are heading down to Cape Town to watch the Sevens World Cup in a few weeks. So that's really exciting. Hopefully we have a good LA Sevens, um, which will set us up for that. Though it's going to be difficult with both New Zealand and uh, South Africa in our group. But that aside, when you turn to the 15s program, um, obviously very disappointed with the, with the result of uh, the Chile um, home and away legs. Um, but you know, understandable given some of the challenges and constraints that Gary faces. Um, I think I'm pretty hopeful we're going to do well in the repechage, uh, particularly if USA Rugby can put the players and squad in a position to perform, um, because I've no doubt the other three teams will be preparing substantially um, and collectively for that tournament. But I do think we have the talent. It's not a disaster if they don't qualify, but I think in terms of the momentum that's been built, including through the MLR, it'd be really crucial for this to, to, to for us to get qualification. These teams in this repechage are no easy wins. Portugal's playing well. Uh, Hong Kong laid put 22 points up on Tonga, and Tonga's a good side, whether anybody wants to admit it or not. And you got uh, Kenya. You know, each one of these teams could present a problem. And it's three matches in the space of, what, three or four weeks. And are they going to have matches prior? I mean, that's the big deal. The, the, the continuity problem, the, the fact that these guys aren't assembling together, that's a big deal. You talked about some of the struggles that Gary Gold has to go through. But are they going to get more matches? Yeah, uh, I know there's some, some good people looking at what the options are. Um, one thought is that they use the Eagles for the APC matches, which the selects did last year. That's a possibility. Um, and I'm sure there are calls going out to other international nations to see if they can um, 
do us all a favor and give us some opportunity to prepare. But I do think Gary um, faces somewhat unique challenges. I've got no doubt the three teams he's competing against have got a lot of national and government support uh, and putting them in a position best to compete. Um, we're probably not getting enough support. Uh, indeed, uh, I think uh, I, I doubt we could uh, encourage John Bobbitt to extend what he's already doing uh, so fabulously for the sevens program, but they need their own Golden Eagles, I think, um, if, uh, if it's going to allow them to complete, compete on a level playing field. I see them as the favourites for that repechage, but that's not to say it isn't going to be difficult. You're part owner of the New England Free Jacks. You've got some stuff going on with L.A. and Austin. I've got to ask you, what's your take on the situation? What can you tell us? I've got no information to impart, I'm afraid, um, but I can tell you I'm really hopeful that um, we'll see L.A. and Austin um, competing next year. Uh, and those players um, competing next year, that's, uh, that's certainly what um, all of the owners that I talk to are trying to help happen. Um, and uh, I'm, uh, I'm pretty hopeful it will happen. David, Stephen Lewis was part of your coaching staff on this Ramblin' Jester's victory tour, or, or tournament, I should say. He's also the GM of Rugby New York who won the championship. How insufferable is he in social media taking all the glory? <laughs> um, no, he's entitled to a good share of it, I have to say. He did a great job um, this weekend. I'm not sure he's taken all the glory. He's, uh, he's definitely deserves a good share of the credit. There was a couple of dodgy moments where he was walking around in his Rugby New York T-shirt or his Rugby New York polo. Um, but we, we, we quickly... Um, got that resolved. First off, um, thanks to David Barry for his kind invite once again to join the Jesters. It's a great week. Most of the credit goes on the coaching side goes to my colleague, David Mobsmith, Mobsy, um, the Zen master. He, uh, he, he's just fantastic to work with. And um, it was just a great week and we got it right, despite the fact that we had four free jacks on our side. Um, David's point about inviting New York players, he very kindly did. Um, there's a couple interested, but we couldn't quite pull it off. So hopefully in the future, it will be open to Rugby New York players as well. But in the meantime, we did the business, another title. And the three of us will all be in Los Angeles for the LA Sevens this coming weekend. I'm looking forward to that. Stephen, why don't you give us the skinny on first Rugby Town Sevens and then LA? Rugby Town Sevens. In my opinion, the best organized tournament in the country, the best level of domestic sevens, certainly um, below the World Series again. Um, every year, it seems to be slightly higher quality of players across the board. I mean, just as we had a great squad this year and we had an initial hiccup, we pulled it out. But there were some great performances. US under-23s went very well. Tsunami Barbarians and NAV 7s who won the club championship with the other semi-finalists. So there was good competition. Um, and it's just a great tournament. So, 10th anniversary, long may it continue. And, fellas, I'll ask both of you this, and I don't really expect a name in an answer, but any MLR prospects that you would look, you, you could say, we want them on our team after this tournament? Seven of the squad are already in the MLR, and, of course, we have our draftee, um, Shane Barry, heading there. It's almost two different sports now, but it's the, the 15s thing is such a grind. 
physically and mentally for these players. You know, it's 16, and MLR is quite tough, 16 straight games, relatively small squads, so you're given the salary cap, so you can't rotate a lot or rest a lot. Um, so it's, it's a tough thing to make that transition back and forth, has been for a while between 7s and 15s, but certainly the raw rugby talent was there, and, and certainly the US under-23s, there's three or four or five there. It piqued my interest that I wasn't really um, clued in previously. So, yes, there's opportunity. David's point is very well made, though. If you're bringing a foreign player in, you only have 10 of them, probably. They have to be bolted-down starters. So, so that's the, can you take a chance on someone um, crossing over 15s to, uh, 7s to 15s? That would be my take. All right, Stephen, LA7s. The last leg of this uh, year's series. So all to play for. Four teams mathematically um, in it to win it. But realistically, Fiji would have, to, would have to be a strange set of results. So you're looking at South Africa, Australia and Argentina, who are all log jammed at the top. Personally, coming out of the Commonwealth Games, South Africa was sizzling hot. They've got over their sort of mid-season um, you know, lull. I think they're probably the team to beat. But Australia have hung around. They've had a great year. Argentina, always there. So one of them will be the champions on Sunday night. But to me, it's a three-horse race. How about the U.S. roster? Yeah, interesting. A couple of uh, interesting selections from Mike Friday. Recalls for Maka Unafe, who's been gone and with Houston Sabercats all season. He is back in with 13, as is Cody Melfi, um, who's been out for a while. Still no Carlin Isles. Perry Baker's there. It's an interesting team. Steve Thomason is captaining in place of uh, Kevon Williams, who is out with a foot injury. So it, it's a tough, it's going to be a tough road to hold for the US team. Difficult group, New Zealand, South Africa, and our North American neighbours, Canada. So they've, they've got their work cut out for them, for sure. Oh, I, there's only one thing I want to say about the LA7s. This absolutely represents the homecoming and home tournament of one Lucas Lacan, who has absolutely burst on the scene and is, you know, as a 20-year-old nailed-on starter for the USA 17. It's quite incredible what he's achieved. And I can assure you there's going to be a big cadre of UCLA players, UCLA alumni, and UCLA parents um, in that crowd and hopefully tightly packed together um, at the weekend. I'm looking forward to that. And the LA Invitational is different this year. It is. LA Invitational, uh, much like Las Vegas. Last year, it was to a certain extent problematic because the games were played quite a bit away, Orange County, from the main event. This year, they've managed to get the Invitational Tournament around the stadium. So that's going to help them in terms of, you know, just coherence and people going to the games back and forth. And I can't wait to talk to you guys more in LA at the LA 7s, talking rugby 15s and 7s with Mr. David Barry of the New England Free Jacks and Ramblin' Jesters and Steve Lewis of the Ramblin' Jesters and Rugby New York. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you to Chris Dunlavey of Old Glory DC. Thank you for tuning in. Please check out our other shows, including the Rugby Odds, the College Rugby Wrap-Up. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Sign up for our weekly newsletter. And please join our American Red Cross blood donor team. <laughs>